I'm, I'm not dead. You could tell me they could win 10, 11 games. We have to sell ourselves hope. But I'm close. But you could also tell me they win four or five. It gives you that little bit of hope. And that's my f***ing take. <laughs> we warned you guys this was coming. Are you pissed? No. 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 Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Coast to Coast Titans proudly brings to you this special edition episode. You've got the self-proclaimed beast from the East, John here, with the man in middle, Middle Tennessee, <laughs> Will, and our special guest, Scott Cameron. Guys, Sammy's not here with us this week. He's got some special things going on with work, and last week, you know, just like the Titans hadn't been showing up, we decided not to show up, so... <laughs> It was the, it, it was the, the what's the chemical in the turkey the the tryptophan tryptophan yeah tryptophan yeah. that there was you go. There's your title, bro. that was exactly <laughs> what happened to us we were I mean we were all talking about what to do last week and it was kind of just like it's the same as the week before and the week before that and the week before that it's 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 been the same conversation and it was Thanksgiving yeah. so we were we were thankful to just. Just let it go. But hey, we won. We won on Sunday. So that's nice. We beat the league leading Carolina Panthers. They're leading the league at losing games. So and we were (laughs) we defeated them at home. So that was always nice. Hey, you know, keeping that home record clean. um, Unfortunately, we lost a home game this year to that London London thing. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, is what it is. Um, it's just so like yeah. ninety nine, right? Like, I mean, we never lost a home game um, on the in our Super Bowl season. <laughs> so obviously, all signs are pointing yeah. Titans Super Bowl, and we'll probably see the Rams. You know that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not agreeing with your correlation. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, Scott's I got his head in his hands. Considerably more, considerably more talented than this team. <laughs> I. Where was it? It. I was just like, yeah, that was good. It was thick. Yeah. I, I forget who had it, but somewhere I saw earlier today, the Titans rookies have played more snaps than any other team in the NFL. I, I think it's by 45 more. That's snaps annoying. Cause I like tried that. to look that up and I would have had that, but that's a hard stat to look up. The only way I found I could look that up would be to literally go do snap counts individually for each rookie. I couldn't find that sorted anywhere for me. And I looked for about an hour because I wanted to do that. And not only that, but I wanted to, when this is what I really want, I want to compare it to Titans rookie snap counts this year versus all of the John Robinson years. Right. Mm -hmm, Um, Because I think it will massively outweigh and you say injuries and sure, but there've been enough injuries over this last two years for the Titans. I would be willing to bet that they are far away greater than any of John Robinson's rookie classes. I think they're in the top third of teams as far as good injury news this year. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're like there are twenty more teams that have more players on IR or more miss more players with missed time than them this year. Shirt. That's yep. easy. Yep. <laughs> hey, easy fix. I mean, sorry. Since we haven't played any games on it yet, I just yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Well, and I I thought it was funny because we switched to the same turf that Carolina has. So clearly, that's just the secret to success is that type of turf. They really need <laughs> to market it that way. Though, the field looks so nice. It does, and especially I now. That, I was like, wow, it looks good. Yeah, on some yeah. on Sunday it'll be December, and you'll turn on the TV and yeah. you'll be like, hey, it's not. It'll be green. It's not. Yeah falling apart pleasing. As, and yeah. when you're there you don't have to see like the t- the squad the repair squad running out with like that giant metal mallet where they just they put turf and just <laughs> slam it down every single tv timeout. that's what i do in my front yard <laughs> <laughs> i hope you do it the way they do and wait for football game timeouts and then just sprint out there and do it real fast 100%. there's a guy with red mittens <laughs> yes. yeah oh yeah 100 yeah you know what the Mitten Man is one of my favorite things to look for when I'm at a game live. He is one of my favorite people to find. Do you think those things are um, oven safe? I, I I want them to they be. They have to be. I'm sure they're Teflon. <laughs> I, mean, right? I mean, come on, the NFL. That's what you come here for, right? This is what I bring yeah. to this. Yeah, this is our. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the quality. That's and, fine. And, yeah, and we didn't we didn't plan this. We didn't. We didn't mm. really settle for or wouldn't settle. We didn't really, you know, get ourselves you up. Settle. No, you settle. 
Freudian. That was Freudian. Oops. Wow. Um, yeah, so we were actually supposed to record uh, last night, oh, but uh, but again, Sammy's got a lot going on with work, wasn't able to join us, and then tonight he just got dragged out, so uh, wasn't, wasn't able to come on, and then I guess what, you guys were kind of chatting. Yeah, oh, right thoughts and prayers episode. for Sammy, for sure. I mean, he's got, he's got a yeah. zero-year-old baby at home. He started a new job. Today, he is working on his promotion, and I think he started – he worked his old shift and his new shift today. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just, Absolutely we're just brutal. hoping he's, he's making it through, you know, one breath, one step at a time. Hang um, in there, brother. And, but we know he'll be watching the Colts and the Titans at home. I'm very interested about this game because I mean, we beat the chargers at home. We beat the Bengals at home. It's been kind of a weird season, but I don't think anybody's expecting the Titans to beat the Colts this weekend even though it's at home. I haven't looked. Do you guys know what the line is? Uh, I'm looking right uh, now. Not quite sure. Um, while you guys look that up, I'll go ahead and kind of talk about it. So just some of my general thoughts right here. I'm not expecting them to win, but man, it'd be nice to prevent the sweep Ooh. of the season here. Um, wow. Kind of worried because Jonathan Taylor's out. Uh, I think he yeah. hurt his thumb. So we're going to get to see Zach Moss again. And we know what backup running backs do to this defense. Well, and backup so quarterbacks. Not yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. And backup quarterbacks. That's one a fair point, point spread for Indianapolis. I see that it opened at two and it's down to I mean, one. That's right, so it's kind of dropped a bit. So that's really a nothing when it's a home mm-hmm. game. Right. It's kind of nothing. Yeah. So really up to three. Right. So we've covered the spread in five of 11 games for you gamblers, you degenerates. Mm-hmm. And the Colts have covered seven times, by the way. So I don't know. What does that tell you? We need you all need to get like a gambling expert on here. It'd be hard for the Colts to cover one point. So um, right. So yeah. Yeah. Well, just I, I don't know. I I hope you see the Titans play well. I hope you see them prevent the sweep. Um, a lot was talked about this week of Levis being a leader. I think I've heard that going a lot around in Titans media this past week so you you hope to see him grow get better um well what'd you think about uh uh duncan the tackle what did you see good things from him scott what did, what's yeah, your opinion yeah i'm not even and 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 a, a little shout out to mike kernan because i thought he covered it really well mm-hmm. on paul kamarski's site um actually during the game thought you know there was a couple of things but i would expect that from a person in his position and read up a little more on him after that and Herndon did a great job of saying, okay, here's a few mistakes, but look, he, during the game, he learned, mm-hmm. he, he progressed in, in, in the game. And to be fair, it's not like he's got rock stars around him. So he's, you know, it's a, they were just picking sides, right? Mm-hmm. They would just have a guy line way out, right. And come just from basically the, the coach in front of the coach and come run it Levis basically. So it was kind of one of those where I feel like he's large, he's tall and he's got speed. He's, you know, he's, I wasn't upset. I was kind of like, wow, I wish you'd have done that earlier based on all of the <laughs> drama that I've heard on this wonderful podcast uh, through the season. And- well, thank you. Yeah. So the, my thing with Duncan was first, he picked up a stunt. Um, they spun off, which yeah. Dillard was yeah. just incapable of doing. Herndon covered that pretty well, humorously, Great. like mm-hmm. he, he usually does. Um, but the other thing that I really noticed that I, I'm not sure Herndon brought up was. Duncan's um, scouting report before he was drafted was that he was big and strong and that a lot of times he didn't finish plays all the way. Um, you, they, One of the things a scout noted was you see the guy that he was blocking, even if the play is successful downfield, her, uh, Duncan's guy almost always was like in the play at the end because Duncan, even if he was winning the initial job, wasn't finishing. And I noticed that too on the kind of the film after Duncan's first game, um, which I guess was in Tampa. Is that right? When he had to come in when everybody, just everybody got hurt. Um, and I know, I watched was, yeah. I watched that specifically yeah. and it looks like he's doing better. Um, I don't know if he just got yelled at or I don't know if he's just, you know, growing and being coached, but it looks like he's doing better at staying in contact with his guy, obviously not just holding him, but staying in contact. So that's, that's growth. I mean, he's big and he's strong. If he could be, a playable tackle, then it's better than what we've had so far this season, especially if he can stay healthy. Um, all the thing is Carolina's defensive line is not good. And the Colts right. are, I mean, Buckner, DeForest Buckner has been limited participation, but he's going to play. Um, they're still yeah. 
you know, in contention, he's going to play and that's going to be a real challenge. Did we have, did Skaronsky go to Indianapolis? Was he back yet? Uh, yeah. I think he might've been out for the appendix. During the, that, yeah. I can't remember he, if he it was, was four games, right? Mm-hmm. He was at four games, three games, four games. I can't remember. Let's look. So the Colts yeah. game was, that was, what was that week? October 8th. Yeah. So, so that would have been when he was out. Game. Yeah. So I think that will be a huge deal. Um, because yeah. that's where Buckner killed Brunskill and Brewer, but mm-hmm. you don't know how much they were helping on the other side, which was Raiden's, I think, was the left guard. Raiden's has played almost every position. He's played every yeah. position but Except center. for center. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, give him a shot. Let's, let's, let's give him a shot. Come on. <laughs> Honestly, hey, if, yes. If, I, if I, his I, arms are longer. Somebody said that. You know, <laughs> if his arms are longer. <laughs> somebody said that in the, in the chat. I can't remember who it was said, why don't we just go ahead and put Raiden's at center? And they weren't even joking. Like, I mean, it's a record, yeah. right? We set some kind of weird, bad record so we can just like cheer mm-hmm. for a half second. <laughs> you can do uh you can come up with another, uh, uh, tank, whatever you were doing. Oh, tart, TR tart, yeah. maybe shark thing. You did. <laughs> and you could do another one. Cheer. Yeah, I'm that. sure the like, last guy to do that for it. the Titans was Bruce Matthews. Maybe not the last, but definitely I'm Bruce Matthews did it. So that's another 1999 tag. I mean, it's just the same thing, yeah. really. It was, we're it clearly get the center, get Raiden's to play center, and we're going all the way. It's like you are remember 99 for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another guy on that offense that wasn't there, um, Will Levis, who was not selected by the Colts on draft night. Yeah. Who then had to sit there and watch him purgatory. So do you think – our man Willie Mayonnaise will have a chip on his shoulder uh, coming into this game. I don't think I don't buy in that players, you know, do that. Maybe, maybe it was so like a macro, but not a micro, yeah. like not at the game level. Like, yeah, he's, hey, I hate all you guys that didn't draft. It's interesting now that we've gotten through this game. He's played five games. He's got six touchdowns and two interceptions. Tannehill has played six games, has two touchdowns and six interceptions. So they're inversed. There, I think you and, can. For me, you can bury that argument. Yeah, I mean, the, I think yeah. right. That's in a good way. That's like we've moved on. Yep. We broke up. Levis has a gun rack, seventy you know, yeah. less Levis. yards. Yeah, about seventy less passing yards in one less game. Um, although almost the same number of attempts, he's definitely attempting. He's definitely throwing more. So it was subtle. I noticed on the injury report, he was he was full participation. So the ankle may have just been a thing and needed to. So he was out there today. I didn't. Yep. See any video, but seemed to be in better shape. He's yeah, you're right. You're talking about him hobbling around a little bit at practice earlier this week. And it may have just been gasping and drama and a couple of clips and everybody freaked out. And today he was full participation. And yeah. Tannehill's on there with an ankle too. They have the they have the exact same (laughs) rating. (laughs) It made me laugh. There was some irony in that. I was like, oh will will Malik be active? Will Malik be active? Well, he's not active. He's the emergency third quarterback. So he's dressed, but he's technically not on the active I, I guess I guess where I was going with that, do we think Tannehill might be inactive? No. <laughs> no. And no. honestly, Tannehill's unless, Yeah, unless there's a stump there. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> yeah, he's there. Yeah. Tannehill is set up to be that if it I mean it's just the rest of the season, but he's set up to get a pretty good cheer. If at some point through the rest of this season Levis gets hurt and goes out, I can see the crowd giving him a pretty good Hey, we appreciate you. Or a fourth quarter blowout, either way. Yeah. You know, like we're up yeah. or we're down, yeah. and it's like I would stand up and applaud. Yeah. Right. And he, so I, like, I think yeah. he deserves it. I mean, we were all 100%. disappointed, but it's way easier to be, you know, gracious towards the second string quarterback than it is the starter. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I had a question. <clears throat> Go Being from the outside of the brotherhood here. The weekly brother outside. Yeah. Okay. You know I mean? I'm not on the day. I'm not, Scott, on, I talked to you party. more than I talked to Kemper. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> so I'm but... Well, my, my question is, and, and listening to everything, I want to go back to counter or discuss offensive line coaching and strategies and scenarios. And like your, your, both of your opinions on that. I'd like to discuss that. I think people are like, yeah, what is the deal? I mean, we know it's talent. That's a large duh. But beyond that, like things that I noticed, and they said we have tendencies, all of our left tackles have tendencies to stand up and get pushed back on occasion. Is it because we draft guys that are 6'6 and kind of leaner and more athletic? Or what is it? Is it coaching? Is it philosophical stuff? We're not maulers. Yeah. Right? That's the whole – that's Duncan's MO, right? Not a mauler, you know, but – 
is athletic and do the thing. Is that just kind of a choice? What do y'all think? Well, I've always said it's the one thing that I really want to know more about because I can look at a quarterback or even a wide receiver and say, I can tell what he's doing and what he should be doing better. I'm so bad at judging the nuances of offensive line play. If a guy gets run around, yeah, do better. But, you know, Mm -hmm. did were his feet in the wrong place? Was it his arms? All those things. Um, But what you said, Scott, is kind of telling. It's not these guys are getting beat different ways at different times. It's kind of the same thing over and over again. And to me, Mm -hmm. anytime that's happening, it's coaching. You got to, you could get beat. If you're, if the other side of the ball is more talented, they're going to beat you. It's just going to happen. You have to accept that, but get beat in different ways. Don't make them come up with (laughs) a different strategy, a different tactic to beat you. Don't just give up the same thing every time. And that was kind of NPF's deal, right? I always made the excuse for him. They kept changing his position. And so I'm sure his footwork was hard to get, but he kept getting beat inside. And then finally, TJ Watt almost ripped his arm off. And that's why he had to have surgery because he got beat inside. Um, And if Uh, that, that leads me to live practice, you know, who's hurt the most, like you can throw a football back and forth and not be in a lot of practice and get some type of repetition and some type of physical, you know, when they're not playing, you know, full contact practices, especially this time of year. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not out there actually physically doing it. So you're on the sideline, you've been on the sideline for, you know, weeks, you know, and hanging out and playing squad team stuff and practice. And all of a sudden you get thrown out to an NFL game with real, real human beings that can really play the sport. And you're like, what? Yeah. You can talk technique. You can read a book that tells you how to do it all you want, but if you're not getting real reps and Vrabel even said, we met with, we got to meet with Vrabel one time and somebody, I don't remember who it was, asked him a question about, you know, mental reps. And he just laughed. Right. He said, nobody takes men- You could say mental reps. I remember that. You're blue in the face, yeah. but it doesn't yep. matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody takes mental reps. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, you're right too, Scott is the way the NFL is now. It's not like they're having physical practices all the time. Nobody is uh, most of the time. They're not allowed to, but not every other team in the league is having this problem. So what are the Titans not succeeding it's at exactly where I'm going. So, so if they're not getting the, how do you build? So even for today, like we know where we're at right now and that's not great. How do we change this? And is it, ju- it can't just be purely talent. We're going to have to, we can't go get six first round, you know, linemen and one's a backup, right? You've got to, we're going to have to dive into the pool a little bit. Probably accidentally we want to find somebody in free agency because there is nobody, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, the league is short on this stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we're not going to get Joe Alt, I hate to tell you. We're going to be just good enough, right, not to get him. Let me just disappoint everybody for next April right now. Newsflash, we're not getting Joe Alt. And I'll eat my hat if that happens. I'll be more than glad to. But, uh, right, I mean, I think – so what do we – how do we develop talent then? Let's just talk offensive line before we get into, like, the whole – I'm just trying to, you know. Well, I mean, obviously, first is you've got to draft or acquire guys who are developable. Because there are, I mean, there's the Doriel Green Beckhams out there who it doesn't, you could have all the talent in the world if they just don't get it. Or Isaiah Wilson, right? If they just don't get it, it doesn't matter how good your coaching staff is. So player acquisition is is step number one. But obviously step number two is having the ability to know how to make guys improve. And we've talked about this internally. I'm not sure we've talked about it on the podcast. I guess we have because Sammy was harping on it. Um, we love you, Sammy. We miss you. But Vrabel is kind seems outwardly like a one-way coach. Like he's really good at coaching his way, but is he really good at coaching the way the player needs it? Right? There's- Wouldn't that be pretty generally universal across the league? Like very few coaches have that ability to be like, "This is the talent I got. I got to modify my style." You you know it's there, but it's pretty rare. Yeah, it's it's There's not it's not so much it. talent. It's just like being able to speak in a way in the way that gets heard. Um, and I it's I, I mean it's it's like managing. It's like coaching. But I mean I, I, we've all I mean all of us have played sports. All of us have had different coaches. I certainly remember having a coach mm-hmm. where it took me like it it really took me till I wasn't playing anymore to realize thinking back about it like how he was trying to teach me. But I didn't get it at the time, and and we didn't have the relationship where I could. But but it's at the NFL. I mean, there's 
millions and billions of dollars at stake. It's your job to find a way to make that guy understand you. I mean, not everybody's Ted Lasso, right? Like not everybody right. just does everything <laughs> perfect. Um, but, see, I don't know if, but I think they, they have his respect. I think I mean, it's not that I disagree with you. I, I just want to take a slightly different take on that or maybe a 45 degree angle there. I think they respect him as a coach. So they're not like rolling their eyes, like whatever, dude. I think it's it's this stubbornness or whatever. How does that play out? I mean, he has credibility with a player, you know. I mean, they're like he he knows what he's talking about. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like whatever, you know. But at the position coach level, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. yeah, what like how does that translate? Does the position coach go? We've all been in this business before, where you've got a a superior to you, a boss, or or even a peer that always just dominates the thing. And you're like, well, whatever I say, he's just going to say whatever he's going to poop on it anyway. It's not going to matter. So is there, is there that apathy that just kind of gets in there? It's like, well, it's not going to get any better. So let's just live through it. And that kind of starts to poison the well, you know, and that, you know, you talk about management dynamics as you were talking about earlier, right? It's like, what I'm, this is the kind of stuff that intrigues me. Like it is psychology for lack of a better term or attitudinal, like why do the players just, why they look like they're, Somebody stole their puppy dog. You know, it's like they're getting paid <laughs> lots of money, you know, to to go out on Sundays and do their thing. They want to win. So what what are those finite things that make them different? Well, the Titans, the Titans current offensive line coach was the assistant offensive line coach for the last two years, which I don't think I knew. I just right. looked that up. And then yeah, before yeah. that, was he was Colgate's offensive line coach. Before that, he was Wagner. I don't even know what. Wagner. Yeah. Oh, the Wagner Seahawks. That is a, a yeah. FCS football team. He was he was a head coach of an FCS team, and he became Colgate's offensive line coach. Um, so that's a business model for you uh, listeners out there. Build <laughs> the tree of how this guy knew that guy to my, know Mike Prable to get the job because he's a friend of a dude that knows a dude that you know. I, I think what you guys are bringing up is some very good stuff. Scott, I haven't even really thought about it that way, but I do think a lot, not just specifically on the offensive line, but on this coach and staff in general, they seem to be the most inflexible group of people I've ever seen. Like I, I just think don't see people. It. I think it's a common, it's not everywhere. It's a common denominator in NFL. You, you see these situations and it's maybe that's all they can do is, is hold on together and go down on the ship or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's a, like a leader thing. that's well, like, keep your mouth shut do the thing. We'll get through for, the, you know, I, for I, I, a couple of years, I, I thought the Titans were really good at adjusting, playing different schemes, playing different stuff to the competition for able, finding a way you like, you know, you remember the Houston as far thing as gameplay. Yep. Well, Kevin I mean, Byard, like, forever, our second half the was high yeah. level higher though. Yeah. It used to be a second, second half team. All that is gone. But we don't have an offensive line, guys. Consistent offensive mm-hmm. line, to be fair. They've had some moments, yeah. but they, they suck. But my point is, you've got to have that. So that's why I focus on that, because we've had position players. We've not had position players. We've never had great wide receivers traditionally, right? And we keep bombing out mm-hmm. in the free agency world. These are all common things we know. So I don't want to rehash all territory. It's like, if the offensive line is bad, it's bad. How does it get better? How does it get better faster? Like the Duncan thing is a little glimmer of hope. Is he being trained correctly? Is he being right? Will he benefit from from what he learns from Mr. Colgate? Or you know, <laughs> right? The guy might live next door to me for all I know. Right? I don't know, but yeah, it's he like was, <laughs> he was the head coach for five seasons and went sixteen and forty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> was wow. he a player? Did he play at all? In the I just closed it. Come on, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, no, we're not saying his name on purpose because no. I don't know it. I just you know, so it's kind of like. I'm glad we're shredding this guy's resume right here. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing, right? The the qualities you need to be a college head coach are not the same qualities you need to be a professional offensive 100% line coach. I agree with you there. Um, totally agree. And, and he's yeah. he's now in his third year as a position coach in the NFL. I mean, that's there's not very many guys in the whole world who ever get higher in the coaching in football coaching tiers than that. Position coach yep. in the NFL, you've got 32 you've got like 90 guys in the whole world who are above you at that point so yeah i mean that's that's pretty good and there's when you see guys that get promoted that sometimes work out mostly they don't like munchak mm-hmm. arguably a great offensive lineman great reputation as an offensive line coach horrible as a head coach didn't didn't do a great job 
I mean, but that's that's a whole conversation going on right now. Are all these former players that are actually turning out to be really good coaches? That's a whole nother conversation. I mean, you you can go even outside of the NFL. I mean, you've got Jason Witten in his first year of being a high school coach, taking his Texas high school team all the way to state championship in Texas. I mean, that's no easy feat in that state. Mm-hmm. I think it's programming football. though too, right? I think that's like I, I see it here where my daughter went to high school at Lipsum Academy. They had Trent Dilfer there and they were crazy. And then Kevin Moi yeah. came in this year and totally shit the bed. Like he came in, well, he's gone now. Like they got rid yeah, of there him. Some, yeah, there, there was, was some there was some scandal stuff, stuff yeah, right? Yeah. The point is, so it doesn't always work. I, I, I just so to me, to Will's earlier point, we were kind of teasing to be honest. Like the guy's credentials don't matter if you're a good coach. I mean, you, you get here, yeah. you get your shot, and you make it work or you don't. My point is it feels like there's this I'm questioning the philosophy of like what they do. Mm-hmm. Is it are they resigned to the fact they don't have the best stuff to work with? So they're just kind of like, yeah, I think or part of the problem for me, part of the reason it's hard to talk about this. Part of the reason it's hard to run this podcast this year is because of how much how much of our problems are personnel related. Like some of it could be coaching, Mm -hmm. but you can just look and tell everybody says, Scott, you said it, Kemper, you said it, this team is bad. Right. Um, And most of that I feel like is John Robinson and we cannot, we all look at what Rand has done so far and we're generally happy. I think most people would give him a B, you know, it's not an A, it's certainly not an A plus, but it's, it's a B is fine. You can win with a good coach and a B and player acquisition. So, but we don't know if it's luck for one year. We don't know if it's a flash, if it's good, but it's a flash in the pan, or we don't know if he's, you know, going to be successful at player acquisition. Certainly we can look at our rookies right now and say, this is better than it has been. It will, yeah. will that grow? Will that stack the way we want it to? I don't know, but it's why it's so hard to have conversations. It's the same thing with this, Offensive line coach. It's his first year, and most of the talent he's working with is not good. Um, now, is could Dillard have maybe done better if he had been better coached? I don't know. Or was yeah. Dillard getting the exact coaching he needed and just couldn't succeed anyways? Um, and especially with offensive wow. line, it's so hard for me to tell because I just I I can't watch film and tell you that, oh man, he's doing the same bad foot thing that he's been doing. And why haven't the coaches replaced or, you know, fixed that like I can with other positions. So to, to shift a bit, we've been talking, not on the podcast, obviously Brable's been a topic, his whole, you know, the, the, the team's attitude towards him, his attitude towards the team, you know, and I think we always just assume that it's, it's this very binary thing where that, you know, he wants to go, you know, or whatever, or he doesn't want to go. And I, and I feel like smoke in these the scenarios. Word, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like where we think about like indecisions are made and he gets, you know, and again, he is the head coach of the team. So he, he bears that responsibility, at least publicly. We were joking about, uh, we were talking like, what if it's just Mike's like, I don't want to do that. And he gets a phone call from Amy Adams drunk and he's got to do it. Like things he could never say, would never say in a press conference, would never literally be like, well, you know, Amy said, yo, you got to start. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he's fighting it the whole time. And finally, all of a sudden he does. Everybody's like, well, what changed? Other than the fact that Tannehill got injured and he had to, right? But then, then it was the Malik. Did he get a phone call? You know, right. like he looks down at right. his phone and it's like, you know, Miss Amy. He's like, oh, you know, and he has to take the call and, and make gets told what to and, do. Yeah. And taking it a step further, I mean, people have complained about the offensive style, not play calls, but just the general look of this team. And you know, it, it very well could be the ownership. It could be the people above Vrabel going, look, this is the kind of f- team we want to be. And it's your job to make our vision happen. Um, it's not Tepper, right? I know it's not. I know Amy's not Tepper. So yeah. I, I don't think it's like that. But I'm just saying maybe there's a point when it just gets to that point. She's and, not Al Davis. You know, just Right. You get angry. Right. She's not, she's not drawing stuff in the dirt. More, but, <laughs> you know, but there's still this like, how come you're not doing this? How come you're stubborn, right? Where Paul Kaharski can't, you know, Paul can be like, hey, why you do this thing? The fans want to know. And he's yeah. like, screw y'all. I don't, you know, whatever. None of your business. But Amy can make him do it as an example. Just, mm-hmm. It's interesting to me because we don't talk about it in those things because it's harder to discern. Well, and that's, you know, like, it's part of a bigger know. conversation that I think you and I have had is the team doesn't seem to have this winning culture. And I kind of, that bounces off me a little harder just because 
winning culture means you're winning. And if you're not winning, you don't have a winning culture. Like what does winning culture mean? Right. It means that you've won games, right? It's not, it's it's a self-defining thing. And I don't love that, but it does seem like, you know, even the team that went to the AFC championship game was what a nine and seven football team. And then the team that won went 12 and five in the regular season, lost its first playoff game. I mean, there's just, there's not this culture of, dominance um even a perfect example is that team that won yeah was first seed in the afc we lost to the jets when the jets were terrible i mean we just we've that was the season where we found the way to lose all of like to all of the teams that we shouldn't have lost to and it's the same season where we beat the rams the chiefs the colts and somebody else one big games in national, but like, on national like five TV. in a row. Yeah. There was this stretch yeah. of games where we were all like, if we can just get through this at two and three and they went five and oh, and we were all just losing. I think the Eagles were in there. Um, there's just no way that we should have been at up and down. And it's at some point it's culture. At some point it's bigger than a player or a coach. I'll tell you my thesis. And I mean this in, no sincerity at all. Scott's going to post a five paragraph essay on Twitter. I I think the Titans, the current Titan stadium is on an Indian burial ground. So there's just bad (laughs) juju there. And when they move it a few few hundred yards, you know, to, to the, to the East, basically it'll, it'll remove all that bad juju. They did not. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was going to ask if it was going to stay on the burial ground when it gets moved or if it's it's actually, did they, so that's why sometimes we're good and sometimes we're not. It's like sporadic. So they didn't find a saber tooth tiger underneath the (laughs) stadium when they were digging it. They found no weird frozen animal. Yeah. No. Yeah. Half of the trail of tears instead. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just, there's, there's history there, but, uh, look it up. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't. now you really have me questioning that this. was that was Is third grade i think not? third grade we did tennessee history it's been a lot yeah, so that's that's yeah, local look it up williams alone you guys are younger than yeah. me so come on yeah so <laughs> all right so culture then so you want to talk about that for a minute and, and again we can get into the next game and all that kind of stuff we can start talking cults here in a second i know that's kind of the, the fun the, the thinking about what's what i mean so culturally are we, are we trending down or are we have we hit bottom and now we're trending back up? Big question. Well, just because you hit uh, bottom doesn't mean you're trending back up. I mean, the Cleveland Browns have proved that. <laughs> Let's argue. Like, what? So are we? Are, yeah, are we going to bounce along the bottom here for a few years, or, or do you think we can turn north? No, it's no. They will not bounce along the bottom here. I think they have their quarterback in place, and I think that's the most important thing. Where do you think like it, so obviously average is the most common answer it's the easiest answer but realistically yeah. in I won't say 32 quarterbacks Kemper because there's always like the last five quarterbacks in the league are just garbage but it, let's say in the right. top 20 quarterbacks in the NFL year two year three where do you think Levis falls in there just based on what you've seen so far six or seven really so like Tannehill in yeah, 2019 was that level he's I don't think he'll ever be a top five quarterback. I don't think we'll ever be that lucky of a franchise, but I think he'll be a top 10 quarterback. You think he'll have a year or two where he just goes off? He just has some, he has freaks. Yeah. I think he could be, you know, um, that Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert level, that area, you know, I don't think he's going to be like a, a Joe Burrow. I don't think he's going to be a, you know, Patrick Mahomes, like, you know, phenomenal MVP type quarterback. But I think he'll be up there as a very good quarterback. I think he's going to be a quarterback that you're going to win games because he's your quarterback. Yeah. And I, I think like that's that. what they need. Instead yeah. of in yeah. spite of. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. I think that that is who this guy is going to become. You can just, like, you were reading the stats earlier comparing him to Tannehill. And even his two interceptions, one of them was a complete garbage time interception out of desperation. And the other one was in Tampa Bay, and I can't even remember. He was getting how that looked. at the time. Yeah, yeah. He, literally, there was a dude hanging on him when he threw it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, he's going to throw a few picks. He's a gunslinger, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, but he's six and two. He, I mean, in touchdowns to interceptions, yeah. that's really good. I mean, that's three to one is fine. Yeah. yeah, and he's doing a good job. He targets DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> I mean, he's at least smart enough to throw the ball to his best wide receiver. Okay, like. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, NWI is going to get his piece for whatever reason. He's going to get his piece. But we're seeing D-Hop get balls thrown his way. And I love that. Like, make a play. According a to chance. the NFL.com quarterback index, Josh Allen is the sixth-ranked quarterback in the NFL, and Trevor Lawrence is seventh. Um, I want to tell. I just want to say, and we've said this before, but PFF, when it comes to quarterbacks, is stupid. They always have been stupid. According to them, um, the sixth quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know if oh. there's anybody in the world who would go. Yeah, I'm gonna take. Yeah, we'll let him fall to. Do six. they have Sam Howell in the top five um, because of his yardage? No, Dak Prescott's number one. Tua is number two. Josh Allen is number three. Which, year. like, where do you get? Yeah, so like Josh stretched out Brett Favre with more interceptions. Uh, Howell isn't in the top 12, and that's all I can see. That's okay. Uh, Josh Allen is the Will Levis comp, right? Like, big quarterback earlier. Yeah, he's just the comp. I'd agree. I I think Levis may not be his bigger risk taker, I think. And he doesn't seem right now to run as much. He seems to be a little more popular. That has surprised me more than anything else from him. And I don't know if he's been told, hey, look, we're especially when Tannehill was out. Like, um, I don't know if he's been told or taught or coached. Um, one thing about him is he does seem very coachable, at least in what we've seen yeah. so far. But he – I can't remember yeah. a play he where he has scrambled out and run. He, he scrambled up the middle a couple times just because either – there was like a busted pressure, play right, or, yeah, or just yeah. there's nowhere else yeah. to go. But I can't – even right. when he get, escapes the pocket, he still throws the ball. Um, and I love that. I think we complained mm-hmm. about Tannehill yeah. not doing that at some point last year. Throw the ball down the field, yeah. get an illegal contact penalty, get a PI, get something. Well, that's back to fixing the offensive line, and you can start moving the pocket around. You can start, you know, that that's what Tannehill was great at, right? He would do the play action and he could move around. Mm-hmm. He could the whole thing could move one side or the other, and he could throw not against his body, and it wasn't weird. And you knew it was gonna happen, but it would work. Yeah. So I see and that. I- I think that came up in one of his interviews. I can't even, I can't remember if they were talking about it where they were interviewing him before the Carolina game or if that was something after the after the game this past weekend, but it was mentioned about him running and and he he commented on it saying, you know, I there's probably some opportunity for me to scramble a little bit more. He did he did say that. Yeah. No, I I, so, I agree. I'm I'm surprised as well. I'm just saying I was actually surprised that he was kind of being a pocket mm-hmm. guy start usually you're it's the reverse you're calming that down and getting all the college out of them and you know these guys are faster and better you're not gonna outrun these 280 pound you know defensive tackles they'll catch you because they're they're crazy you know i mean so it's like you can't he's got 152 pass attempts and 15 carries so yeah i mean that's an yeah Maybe you just don't realize it too you just kind of like 15s i mean 15 in five games and and how many of those all of those were just scrambles where he's doing oh, his best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah got him. Right. Um, yeah. So they have also, he stood in there though. When he's getting, when it's collapsing around him, he's throwing the ball. That's what I admire. That's what I see. I'm like, yeah, he's been hit a oh, lot. Yeah. A lot of hits, you know, it's like the team, the team admires that too, Scott. Uh, that was one of the things that Arden key said after 100%. the game. And Arden key look, can we talk about him for two seconds? Yeah. So he vanished yeah, for a minute. Was that scheme? Was that, did he just check out? I mean, is I know Carolina's bad, but I mean he he looked amazed balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah. I mean it's like so and I, that's the stubborn thing that I question, and I admit not a professional, and I don't have all the information obviously that the coaching staff has. Like, is there just something? Does he just check out and practice? You know, it's like when we talk about our wide receivers, um, with Hopkins excluded, obviously. But why don't these guys run the right depths? Mm-hmm. Surely they're not schemed that way. Maybe they are, which. Which I'm just trying to choose which mistake it is. Right? For, is it like yeah? For know? me, it's always I think they're reacting to the defender. Right at some point, you know, if I keep if I turn around now, I'm going to be open. If I keep running into this guy, right. I can I'm turn around. Well, at, at that point, yeah. at, I'll turn around and I won't be open. And what's the point of not being open? Um, the thing with key that I really think. I think our defensive line is having a lot of trouble. And we talked about this in Tampa a little bit when I was alive mm-hmm. for the point of time that I was alive. Um, <laughs> Five minutes, you were alert. Yeah. Okay, good. We got that. Later. The thing with 
all of our defensive line, I think, is having a lot of trouble because offenses are coming into the game knowing we can leave our running backs in or our tight ends into chip. We don't have to be offensively explosive to win this game. All we have to do is score 19 points and we're going to win the football game. So there's no need. It's not like you're playing Miami. I, I don't, I haven't looked at the stats, but if Miami's defensive line isn't leading the league in sacks, then they're doing something wrong because they're making every team they play against one dimensional, right? Um, the Titans are not doing that. They're the opposite of doing that. So it, I understand the premise. No, I can't, I can't argue that. Will. I, I think it's still though, there's like behavior. Like when I see a, the wide receiver run for eight yards on third and 10. You're just like, and they stop. Mm-hmm. It's like, you designed it that way or you're an idiot. And I, I'm trying to sort that. I think it's situational, obviously, but I also think. Yeah. What's wild. Right. What's wild is everything's over 10 yards. If it's on first and second down. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, after a couple of false starts and yeah. 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 Well, and that's, that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, on third down DBs are going to sit at the sticks, right? So I think these wide receivers in their head just have it, the ones who aren't good. Like you said, let's remove Hopkins from the conversation. But they they have it in their head that it's more important to get open and catch the ball. Well, if I break this curl route at the sticks, that's where the defender is sitting, and I'm not going to be open. So I'd rather catch the ball at seven yards and see if I can make a juke than stand at 10 and be unopened. I don't know that that's the best strategy. I think maybe run a better route, get better at your route craft. That's where I was going. Sitting yeah, in the yeah. end zone but, in Tampa Bay. But if you're asking why, you know, that's yeah. I think that's why. So sitting in the end zone in Tampa Bay, I'm sitting with another one of our, our peers in the chat, and, and basically we're just laughing because we, we could see the entire middle of the field being open when we were on offense. And it's like, well, why wouldn't they? And then they would just run off tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, all right, can you not see this? Can you not? I can see it. I'm an amateur. I'm trying to figure this. I mean, just repeatedly too. So it's like they know, like our tendencies. Maybe we're so basic because of some of our uh, restrictions with talent. Well, and especially you know, we Tampa. Just, I mean, everybody got hurt in Pittsburgh. The yeah. I know offensively. Yeah, it was just like. Or no, yeah, I guess that, that was, was after. Before. No, that was before. No, you're that right. Though. They, they were. I think they played nine or ten offensive linemen that day mm-hmm. in Tampa. I mean, it was just like wow. It's terrible. So we didn't really answer. I, I we have an error going up. John very assertively answered it. So uh, I correct myself there. Like, so what do you think, Will? I mean, is the team is the team going to bounce around for a couple of years, or are we are we heading? I'm up? so bad at these predictions because I always choose hope. Um, Keep going with hope. Yeah, it's the hopium. <laughs> it's the last hope. Um, I everything I see points up right now. Not everything, right. but all the conglomeration of what I see right now: player acquisition, um, talent at good spots. I mean. They, they've got off young offensive linemen who are playing and being successful. They've got a young quarterback. They've got a young running back. They've got, you know, decent defense. Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, they're both playing well, although I cannot figure out this use of Harold Landry this season. Um, there was a time last week at Carolina where I saw him not playing out that outside linebacker role where he like fakes like he's going to rush and then drops into coverage. He was a three yards off yeah. the ball, stand up linebacker. He was, yeah, you, you, you put that. In I, the was, chat. So I was, <laughs> I was, I mean, he, number 58 or it's 58, right? Whatever it is. I mean, he was, yeah. he was playing a linebacker. He was playing like a four, three Keith Bullock outside linebacker. And I could not figure that out. Um, but anyway, I, a lot of things point up and then you look at the salary cap situation next year and you have right. to use it effectively, but that's yep. better than it's been for, a decade? I mean, probably not a decade. Yeah, as long as, long, in, in, yeah, as long as anybody can remember that matters. Since the it's, since the draft where we were number one, th- this is the best offseason yeah. situation we're going into since the draft where we had Mariota, we had the number one pick that we traded away because we didn't need the quarterback. And, of course, we blew all those picks. I mean, we got Conklin, who was Henry. fine, but we let him go. And then we got Kevin Dodd and another defensive tackle, whose name I don't even remember. They did wind up with Derrick Henry, who's been decent. So it, it, that, was decent. Only year that, that was the only year yeah. that Robinson arguably did a mediocre job. Well, the 2019 yeah. was the, right. Um, that was the year. Yeah, yeah. The 2019, but no, this was like, this was his first thing. That was, that was the thing about Robinson. Right. He came in, oh, 16, yeah, right. 16. He, he came in yeah. and his very first move was trading DGB for, um, Kelly. No, no, the running back. 
the running back. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, DGB a, was Kelly. Yeah, you're right. Um, that was also a great. No, but his first move was. Um, what was the running back's name? Getting the guy from Dallas. Mm-hmm. You talking about the guy? Yeah, yeah. Marco. I can't. Marco Murray. Murray. Thank you, Demarco Marco Murray. Murray. Yeah, they swapped. Yeah, it, it took us a second. They, they, they swapped yeah. fifth round yeah. picks and got the guy who was the rushing leader two years before, and then he made right. that trade because we took on his salary, mm-hmm. right? Well, and the uh, Eagles with Chip Kelly just couldn't use him. And Chip Kelly, right. of course, well, went on to get fired. That's worked out for Chip. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> anyway, yeah, Robinson started so hot, which is why I'm not as – in 2016, I was younger and, you know, dumber. I was like the bull who wanted to run down the hill and f- all the cows. Yeah. You know, you heard that story. <laughs> I still see some of that in you. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. There's nothing wrong. But you've heard that story, energy. right? Like there's there's a young bull and an old bull. Yep. Okay, good. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. We're um, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you. now I'm – okay, let's walk down the hill. You know, let's – we'll still get there, but let's take our time and see it. So that's – uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I, I'm not as excited I, I as I would be have a, been in in yeah. what is that seven years ago? Seven years ago, with if this exact same scenario came up, I would have been everything's coming together perfectly. But I've lived through that once, and so now I'm a little bit more. Let's take our time well, and see. Some how of this us goes. have lived through this several times, even with this team yeah. and before that. I mean, so all right. So and in, in honor of our uh, our peer uh, Dwayne Gee, so so. <laughs> We can't get an offensive tackle because of where we end up because we're going to be just good enough. What do we do? Do we best player available in that range is a is a what? And talking about position, I'm not. I don't want to argue about. Well, this guy's mom is six foot eight, and I don't care about all that detail. Just basically, what position if we can't get an offensive lineman? What do we do? Like a hierarchy of needs. Like we we, we know we have to hire the best guy on the you know that that whole chestnut, right? You got to get the best talent on the board no matter what. They're going to need a wide receiver still. They're going to need a tight end still. They're going to need edge still. And they need cornerback desperately. I, if, I, if, yeah, we can name all the positions. Um, if I'm, I think if we followed up, since you brought up Dwayne, I think if we followed up taking a left guard with a tight end, at six or seven the next year, we Dwayne lives in Clarksville, and we might be we able to send the we have to send live flight. Hold on. Yeah, live flight has to go to Clarksville. Yeah, if if they if they get <laughs> Bowers from Georgia, I do not care. Draft that man. No, I think I'm on another Georgia tight end again this year. I think one, I I Murphy Bunting's on a one year deal, and I they should extend him. They should have extended him last week yeah, and the week before good. that. Yeah, I mean, give yeah. give that man a three four year deal right now. Um, but if if you took a corner, I wouldn't be upset at all. Scott, um, we were talking. Some of my buddies and I were talking elsewhere, and we kind of decided what I want the Titans to do with that hundred million dollars is go get the best left tackle you can available. Yeah, just and pay him more than he's right. worth, right? But give him a five six year deal that's got that's front loaded not back loaded because you have the money right now and you don't have to pay a quarterback hopefully for the next four years three years um and spend that but the big thing that that does is that it allows you to get into the situation you're talking about when you go into the draft when you have that sixth seventh eighth pick overall you can take mm-hmm. best available and if it is another yeah. tackle great then we have bookend tackles. So, um, if it's a center, well, that's probably a little early. Um, but if it's if, but then when it's a wide receiver or a corner or a defensive tackle or yeah, anything, yeah. A, a middle linebacker, um, right? Go for it. So if they're in the range of twelve to fifteen, you're looking at probably getting the best cornerback in this draft. No. No chance. That, according to PFF, they don't have the number one cornerback going off at, off the board until then, because you got all wide receivers. No, I get it. You got there's... the tight end. You got a couple of, of quarterbacks and a couple of tackles, pretty much in the top ten of this okay, draft, but, according to PFF. We, we never listen to PFF. PFF is this, only oh good for offensive linemen because nobody can look at them and tell. That needs so to be. This pops into my mind. Well, th- when we talk about what you just said, that scenario. Mm-hmm. Is it the Andrew Whitworth scenario? So the Rams get Whitworth, you know, they get 
Stafford and they work their way to a thing and then it all completely crumbles. He, you know, he retires and then it's just like, wow, what a difference that really made. So, so your theory is kind of has proof. I mean, it has credence. So I'm like going, okay, it makes sense. Cause you get this one pillar, this left tackle and build around it. Obviously I know we're going to have other draft picks and there's other, there's money laying around. So you get the rock star at left tackle. Uh, and we feel like we've got enough talent at quarterback regardless. We've got enough to, that'll, that will they won't be the weak link, basically. Well, and me, and I've said this on this podcast before, I feel like center is just as much a need. At getting an elite center, the center of our line is does pathetic. just as much for your offense as getting a left tackle. Because you think about all the times that you see you, the left tackle getting burned and getting sacked, right? Like we, I'm acknowledging full bore that that is absolutely a huge problem. But how many times has our quarterback escaped up the middle? It's never happened in the last three years. You're, you're, no, it's totally it's totally never agree. happened. And th- well, even Lawan had bad games. Lawan got yeah. beat at times, right? But he was still. But go look at know, go amazing. look at Josh. Go look at Hurts. Holy crap! Go look yeah. at Jalen Hurts' games. I mean, they win football games because he can escape up the middle. Um, how much harder is it for a linebacker to defend a tight end in a pass route when they know that the quarterback could be coming right up the middle for 12, 15 yards? Kemper, yeah. last year, a corner went fifth overall. In 2022, corners went third and fourth overall. In 2021, corner went late, went ninth overall. Um, so, yes, I, I PFF may not love them as much, but there's – uh, corners going um, top 10. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at NFL draft buzz.com and they've got Kool-Aid McKin McKinstry, yeah. some dude from Alabama. His name Kool-Aid? That's, that's number life? 11. We yeah, have his we name. We draft a guy named Kool-Aid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then, I mean, we've got a, we've had a Pac-Man before. <laughs> I could see us getting a Kool-Aid. In, All in right. 2020. Well, I, see, I, I see Sam, you know, going, oh yeah, with his whole can. I just see it. Yeah. Right. You're you're probably you're probably right, Will. You know, you're you're probably right. Probably will be one or two in the top ten. I'm just saying these websites, yeah. right? And I'm not a draft guy. We need Dwayne to comment yeah, on this, actually. Dwayne, when you have a chance, yeah, let yeah. us know where you think the first DB is going to go. All right, I'll, I'll be listening. And you bring him on. I'll listen to that the, one because I know it's a the 2019 the draft. Time. The draft that the Titans actually killed. They did great at the first corner went. 30th overall wow 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 do you well, think it is it just where our drafting strength matched up with the level of talent in the tap count draft kind of well, thing like is it i just, mean that was just, the year we took simmons right and simmons right. was a top five talent everybody knew it but he fell because of all the season name. stuff yeah then they yeah. took right some wide receiver that the eagles have now AJ um, bro! Yeah, aj's aj was my guy pretty good at football then Who'd they get in the third round that year? Doesn't matter. <laughs> already a home run. Grand slam. A two-run grand right. slam. Or third-round pick is crying in his locker Yeah, room. they got David Long in the sixth round. Yeah. Yeah, I already did. All right. Here's who I, I want. Defensive end edge out of Penn State named Chop Robinson. That's a good That name. is who I want. Chop yeah. Robinson. They got Nate Davis and Amani Hooker in 2019 also. Yeah, I mean, they got starters. Anyway. Uh, Chop oh, Robinson. Yeah. Chop Robinson from Penn State. Jared Verse out of Florida State. Right. Actually, we're moving on. We're not talking about the draft. Teams. We're not talking about players right now. Hey, how do you we ask for names, Scott? Uh, how do we beat Gardner Minshew? Uh, I mean, I don't know. We we've really always, struggled with backup quarterbacks. He always <laughs> I'm pretty sure scoring points will do it um, because I'm wow, fairly confident that 15 isn't going to get it done. I'm going to say, unfortunately, that's an issue. Yeah, we know they're not scoring 30, so it doesn't matter, guys. No. This is, I mean, this is starting to get ridiculous. It is. It is ridiculous. And this this episode's starting to get long. Oh, dang. So We're having fun. Let's, yeah. Yeah, we are. We're having a lot of fun. Let's get into uh, some predictions here for, for next week, and then we'll wrap it up. I just want to hear win-loss, right? Do you, the Titans are winning at home, but it's the Colts. I don't know. I'm going to say they win. I'll step out there. I think they win. I think it'll be close. How many points? The the Titans at home have scored 27, 27, 28, and 17. I think we need a chance for, like last week, we did not have an explosive play per se. Like we just didn't. And maybe because they figured that out. It was the defensive turnover. That was really the only thing. Yeah, I mean, right. You know what I mean? We didn't have that accidental 
run out to the right and throw a 60 yard pass. And we're just like standing up going, what? And then, but cheering at the same time, we're confused yet. We're happy. So, you know, I wonder if that could happen again. I mean, it, it's, it makes me laugh because oh. our record's not good, but Levis himself is two and three. Right. So Colts average on the road, 22 points per game on the road this season. So if we are predicting a Titans win, we'd have to say they got to score over 22 points. That's all statistics and stuff, though. Who cares about that? I just don't see the Titans scoring more than 20. I mean, if if they don't have any explosive plays, I totally agree. But, I mean, I I feel like they're going to win. I think they're more positive this week than they've been in a minute, right? And there's some hope. And I think once you settle down and and get over the fact, hey, we're not going to go to the playoffs this year. Now it's that thing where you start going, let's mess up everybody else. Yeah, but that's the thing. The Colts are six and five. They're still – they're hard. Let's ruin ruin everybody in our division. Somebody's going to win it, right? But let's just make it all. You know, I'm Uh, okay with that. I was going to pick the Titans to lose every game until they won a game. They done messed up and they won a game. (laughs) Uh, So it puts me in a rough spot here. Um, the Colts I, just beat the Patriots I, ten to six. Yeah. I mean, good lord! I I want to think I want to think without Jonathan Taylor they're going to do well, but this backup running back Zach Moss is going to run all over them. I think they lose. They're going to lose. It. They're going to lose twenty four sixteen. That's it. It's a loss. It's not going to look good. It's going to ruin the home streak. Will you're going to have a bad time? Oh, there. I'm. Paul has hooked us up in the pregame. I am not going to have a bad time. I may have a bad time <laughs> Sunday night. I don't remember the, the good time or the bad time, so it'll be um, <laughs> I just looked. The Colts had 13 draft picks this year. Yeah. How does that? <laughs> wow. That is something we're not familiar with in this They market, had two-fourths. So yeah. yeah. One, two, five, four, four fifth-round picks. What pick did we just get for a – what did we get? We got like a fifth. We got a what did we get? fifth and a sixth for Bayard, if that's what you're yeah. asking. Yeah. Yeah. And we I didn't mean, have a fifth or a sixth. So now right. the only thing we're missing is a fourth-round pick, I think. Yeah. Third or fourth. From yeah. Levis, so. yeah. Um, I, I think we win. I just – I think it's the home field advantage. I think the, the weather actually looks like it's going to be decent. It's going to be 60 and cloudy. Um, which is yep. fine. It's certainly not going to be. I underdressed for that Panthers game. I was not expecting it to be as cold as it was, and I was not comfortable. Kemper, you thought the crowd was going to be pretty soft, and it, it was uh-huh. soft. I'd say I 70, 75%. But I think with the Colts, I think with the weather, I think with it not being you know, the Thanksgiving weekend. There'll be some indie fans. I would too. expect be, 90, 95% yeah. full. Yeah. Yeah, I would expect a good turn this game. I was thinking, I was thinking like 33% at that Carolina game. I was thinking it was going to be a It's an NFL attendance. game. I mean, like, it's still it's still going to happen. It's still going to fill up. I can't I don't know what the least attended hey, NFL game is, but I doubt it's 33%. The Wizenhunt years were it was very light in that stadium those Wizenhunt years. But I mean, and, and Titans fans know. I mean, it's they haven't lost a game at home this year and you can keep saying that until they do and they haven't done it yet. So I think I think there's going to be yeah. good crowd and even in that Panthers game the crowd noise was decent at some at times. Um, some people yeah. started to start the wave when we were on offense, and I wanted to smack them in the face. But other than that, <laughs> I mean, good lord, just don't be in. Don't be All the new Nashvilleians, we got to train yeah. them. It's okay, we'll train them. Every um, no, I, I, I'm thinking with, soccer fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we came up with songs, I would genuinely be happy. Songs making fun of the opponents, I'd be all for that. Like, like good European I mean, soccer fans. Pierre Tart was good. I, I mean, that, that was, was good. that's not a yeah. Okay, fine. Yes. We, we tried. Sorry, I mean, I we tried. I turned around. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Did I hear that right? Yeah. One of the only entertaining things during that entire football game. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah, it was good. And then the cannons went off and it ruined it. Oh, that's good. Brutal. That was less good. Thank God they didn't run the score upon us. That would have been awful. Yeah, it would have been brutal. So what you got, Will? What was the score? Um, I don't know. The Colts beat us twenty-three to sixteen. They're going to score some points, maybe nineteen to seventeen. But we got to have a defensive turnover. We got to have a couple of weird things happen. You know. Well, also, I mean, the thing about that last Colts game, you remember, like we got stopped on a fourth and one from the three when I think we were down 
like 13 to 17 or something. It was a really yeah. close game. We were a yard away from scoring the go ahead touchdown and he getting to the done. point where, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if we we scored that touchdown, we would have scored 23 points and we would have been, it would have been tied. So I, yeah, I think they don't run quite as well. I mean, we, I think we hold them a little bit better. I think the Titans went into the last Colts game thinking they didn't have to worry about the run. And now they're coming into this one knowing that it's a concern. We're also coming into this game game planning for Gardner Minshew, which they weren't able I was going to say that. Time. Yeah. That's why I said it earlier. Good I was point. like, we, he always said, we're like, crap, we're not ready for him. And now, I mean, that's what they got now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He's, he's a right. sneaky, decent quarterback, actually. Yeah. Good number two. Yeah. Obviously. Sneaky, decent. He's got eight touchdowns this season but he's got seven interceptions. So he's, I mean, that's kind of how he is. He yeah. reminds me in not play style, but like in results of Ryan Fitzpatrick, like he'll come out there and do yeah, things no, where, like yeah. where you it's don't know where player. it came from. And then it's, and then he's bad. Yeah. Streaky. Streaky's right. All right, guys. Scott, we appreciate you well, filling in. Um, Sorry to bring it down. Sammy will be back. We're going to let Sammy worry. know that his job is on the line because of how, oh how well you've done. Love you, Sammy. Please come back so I can just lift them and not participate. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. As they said, uh, as they said at the beginning of the Carolina Titans game, if you are watching that, you must really love football. <laughs> and if you're listening to uh, Titans talk during this season, you must really love living football. Living for so, that, guys. I'm living for it. Sing us out, Will. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye, guys.